Mariners are going to have to try and avoid getting swept by Kevin Gossman and the Blue Jays tonight. We're also talking Juan Soto trades and, unfortunately, Steven Souza Jr. on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Heading Gonzalez, reporter and editor over at allseahawks.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone for more information on that if you're interested and want more of us and if this is your first time joining us here on the lockdown mariners podcast welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, game going on tonight as the mariners Look to avoid getting swept uh, with Marco Gonzalez on the bump. They're going up against Kevin Gossman, who's been brilliant uh, so far this year. Um, We're also going to be talking about Juan Soto and maybe if there's a possibility that the Mariners could get involved in his trade market because Buster Olney of ESPN reporting today that the uh, Nationals might be open to trading him this summer. So we'll be talking about that a little bit. And uh, we're also going to be talking about Steven Souza Jr., who um, was definitely the talk of Mariners Twitter last night for a variety of reasons. We'll be getting into all of that later on in the show. But first, let's uh, let's get into this game. Uh, the Mariners have just been flat out outplayed by the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays last couple of days. Um, just the hitting has gone absolutely quiet again after busting out a little bit on Sunday in New York. Uh, they get shut out for the sixth time this season last night uh, against Jose Barrios and company. Uh, they weren't able to do anything against Yusei Kikuchi either. Only got a couple runs in that game, basically in garbage time. Uh, they got Marco Gonzalez on the bump, though, who has been kind of the giant killer for the Mariners, if you will. He's been kind of up and down this year, but he's gone up against the Astros, had a great start against the Astros, and then went toe-to-toe with Max Scherzer and uh, gave the Mariners a chance to win in that game. Now he goes against Kevin Gossman, who's arguably been the best pitcher in baseball this year for the Jays. Um, so, Marco, against this lineup, what are you feeling, Colby? Not good. Um uh the the whole righty thing doesn't scare me as much um you know marco right now is is kind of living off the change up it's his best pitch um and the change up in theory should be more effective against righties than lefties at least that's what we were always taught was the case um but it's just it's one of those things where you kind of look at marco's numbers overall this year still a little iffy we never really know which marco we're going to get um the you know the the three three eight ERA is is nice, mm-hmm. um, the five six four x ERA is not, and just based on watching this offense for the last three four weeks now, um, he has to be almost perfect, uh, unless it's one of those rare games where surprise the Mariners score five or six runs. Um, 
seems unlikely with Gossman on the mound. So yeah, it's it's a little concerning because Marco has to be so pinpoint and accurate. Can he do it in back to back starts? Uh, I mean, that's going to be tough. Um, so I'm, I'm not overly confident in this one. Uh, the changeup is going to be the key pitch here. Uh, again, the Blue Jays will expand the zone. They will uh, chase because they are a very aggressive team. They love to hit the fastball. Marco, you know, he doesn't really have a fastball. Uh, so the changeup is going to be key uh, for him to get these guys out. You want to see a lot of first pitch swings. You want to see a lot of ground balls, uh, guys out in front of that changeup. And then you want to see Marco bust him inside with the cutter. Um, it'd be helpful if the umpire had a bigger zone uh, tonight. But, uh, yeah, he just, you know, we know what the formula for success is for Marco. Get in on the righties with the cutter, away with the changeup, uh, stay out of hitter, stay out of hitters counts, and uh, you know just kind of do what you can to limit damage uh, when when those opportunities pre- present themselves, and hope that your offense can pick up any kind of slack. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's unfortunate that I don't have high hopes about Marco winning the start, and it doesn't really have much to do with Marco himself. Yeah. And uh, if you're a Mariners hitter and you're stepping up to the plate and you have bases loaded or a couple of runners in scoring position with less than two outs, maybe try elevating the ball. I think that would be a good plan instead of, you know, completely whiffing or just putting it on the ground at Bo Bichette, which has happened uh, too many times, to say the least, <laughs> mm-hmm. to start this season. It's uh, It happened again last night with a particular human being that we're going to be talking about later today. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been really frustrating. Um, I don't know if I'm cursing the Mariners with my presence or if this is just who the Mariners are. And I mean, considering what we've seen out of the Mariners, this kind of looks like who the Mariners are right now. Um, it's, it's mostly both. you. It, it's, it's mostly it's, you. Let's, let's say it's equally split 50, 50. How about that? I'll take that. Like 85% you. Um, yeah, Gossman, Gossman's going to be tough, man. He is yeah. 100th percentile in chase rate, and yet he's 99th percentile in walk tonnage. Like, he is, yeah, he throws strikes, he gets you to swing at pitches outside of the zone, 86th percentile in whiff rate. Um, really, there's, there's no weakness here. Gossman's been great. Uh, the numbers are all legit. Um, you know he's he's going to throw the fastball up, but also it's going to come to splitter. So, I think if you're the Mariners, your best shot is to just. I mean, you kind of just have to pick one pitch and hope you get it. Uh, statistically yeah. speaking, it's it's probably the fastball. But if you're going to sit fastball the entire night, uh, Gossman's going to throw that splitter, and you're going to look foolish a lot. But maybe just maybe, you you guess right enough that you can put some hard contact out there and score a couple runs and get to a Blue Jays bullpen, which isn't very good. Um, mm-hmm. But Seattle has not been able to take advantage of that either. So, Yeah, they had another opportunity last night against uh, David Phelps, Mariners legend mm-hmm. David Phelps, of course. The reason why Pablo Lopez is now throwing baseballs for the Miami Marlins, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, couldn't couldn't take advantage of that. They got into the bullpen after uh, Kikuchi's six innings the other night. Couldn't do anything against them until it was far too late. Um. Yeah, this is a this is a bullpen that you need to take advantage of, and they just haven't. They haven't taken advantage of any you know favorable matchups. You know, Barrios going into last night's start, 
had given up six runs and five runs in each of his last two starts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Kikuchi, I mean, we all know who Yusei Kikuchi is. Couldn't take advantage of him either. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just, you know, who knows? At least Barrios had, like, good stuff last night. Like, yeah, he was dotting the outside corner with a two-seamer that was, like, 95, and it moved, like, 12 inches every time. Like, it's like, right. okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Whereas Kikuchi was throwing 97, but it was middle of the plate, and they were either looking at it or swinging through it. Like, it was – the Kikuchi start to me was much more frustrating than the yeah. Barrios start, but uh, – it doesn't mean the Brio start wasn't frustrating as well. So yeah. it's very frustrating, very frustrating, and a mm-hmm. uh, big reason for that frustration was Steven Souza Jr. Of course, we're going to be talking about him in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by LinkedIn. With spring in the air, it's a time of renewal and growth, personally and professionally. As your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts. Taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So, I was sitting uh, front row uh, near the uh, right field uh, foul pole. And uh, so, I I was very much in the thick of... uh, Steven Souza Jr.'s night. Uh, before the, you know, the the diving catch that wasn't before the double play, uh, the the fans in right field were, you know, giving him a, a you know a normal time that you would see for a, for a visiting outfielder. You know, they're they're chanting his name, they're booing him, they're telling him he sucks, all that stuff, whatever. But um, you know, he had, he had been listening to that all night, and then uh, obviously grounded into the double play, and it just got worse the heckling got worse and worse and worse and then you know springer hits the the number into right and he takes an awful just truly truly awful route to the ball and makes a terrible diving attempt which allows all three runs to score springer gets a triple the rest is history uh the next inning um after warm-ups Souza threw a ball into the stands and the thing with the Rogers Center, for those that may not know um, or may not notice on, on TV, it's a little difficult to pick up on TV, but there's a pretty like big divide between the bullpen and the actual right field wall where the stands are. So to throw a ball into the stands, you got to put a little something on it. So he threw it into the section, which was a couple sections over, over from me. Um, and that was the section that was heckling him all night. And he threw the ball into the stands, and I didn't see it at the time, but I heard pretty quickly, like, hey, someone over there is hurt. So Sousa hit a, hit a fan, I don't know where, I would assume, in the face, but 
that's not a confirmation or anything for me. But the fan was hurt. As you may have seen on the broadcast, there was uh, an ambulance that was coming around the uh, the stadium uh, that that I presume took away the uh, the person that was hurt. And um, I do want to say that I don't think it was intentional, just the way that he was doing it. It seemed like just how any anyone else would throw a ball into the stands. But also considering the fact that it was into the section that was heckling him all night, it's a little strange. There's also that clip that came out of him last night from back when he was with the Rays talking about, you know, hurting Toronto fans on purpose um, and his experience with Toronto fans in particular. So there might be some bad blood behind that as well. Um, the point of saying this was, is that Steven Souza had a terrible, awful, no good night last night. Um, he shouldn't be on the Mariners, quite frankly. Uh, he gives them nothing. He did nothing well for them last night. He caught them through runs with his uh, with his bad route on that fly ball from Springer. And he cost them even more runs with his double play when he was up to bat the, the inning before that, or the half inning before that. And then, on top of that, you know, of course, hurts the fan. Um, and then also had a interesting tweet that he tweeted just an hour and a half before the game, which I don't know about you, Colby, but I don't know if I want my players on Twitter an hour and a half before they're supposed to be playing in a professional baseball game. Um, at least replying uh, to people and tweeting. Uh, and his response, I mean, we, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, his response uh, was to a, to a tweet um, calling kindergarten teachers... Well, uh, <laughs> I don't you know can, a polite way to say this. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can find the tweet. It's, it's yeah. uh, surprisingly, he has not deleted it, which should tell you everything you need to know. Um, yeah. Not that it would matter. It's out there. It's easy to find. Um, by the way, I don't know if you also saw this because you were at the game last night, but somebody dug up an interview that uh, Souza did where yeah. he admitted to intentionally diving into the stand so that he can elbow a Blue Jays fan in the face when he yeah. was with Tampa. So. Yeah, uh, great night for him. Um, you know, the tweet personally, I think he's a scumbag for saying it. Uh, I think it's embarrassing that the Mariners yeah. haven't DFA'd him for that alone. Um, they've had, you know, a day now. They they know about it. They've done their research on it. I'm sure they know. They know. They can't sit here and say, oh, well, we, did, we never saw it. Yeah, you did. Uh, shame on them for continuing to employ that man. Uh, shame on the Seattle media for not asking questions about it. Where were the questions? I, I didn't see I didn't hear a single reporter ask ask a question about it. Um, and it's not because I want Scott Service to defend or not defend uh, Stephen Souza Jr. That's not what I'm asking. I want it to be put on the public record so that they know that we know and we deserve answers uh, because that's a, that's a despicable thing to tweet. Um, aside from that, the guy, like you said, gives you absolutely nothing. Bad defender, yep. bad hitter, bad dude. Why is he here? Yeah, agreed. So this also leads into the conversation of like Jerry Kelnick sending Kelnick down to bring up Sousa. There was some people on Twitter last night saying, well, Kelnick could have done this and Kelnick died for this and all this, you know, all these memes and everything. Um, I'll say this about that particular situation. These two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. 
Steven Souza can not belong on the team, and Jarek Kelnick could also still need AAA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they just need to have someone different out there than Steven Souza Jr. Kelnick needs AAA. There is no doubt about that. This is not a reason to call Kelnick back up or anything of that nature. Um, he needs AAA. <laughs> Even though that he defensively, he definitely probably would have made that play <laughs> in Toronto. You know, defensively, he's been great in right field. Uh, but to fix him at the plate, he needs AAA. And that doesn't change just because Steven Souza Jr. is bad for the team. Um, right. They just need someone else. This is why we talked about acquiring an outfielder. Uh, and mm-hmm. Kyle Lewis is not the answer here. We will reiterate this time and time again that Lewis, anything that you get from him is a bonus. Because you just can't depend on him to be able to play in the field consistently. He hasn't been able to do that down in Tacoma. He's been DHing quite a bit, and he hasn't responded super well to playing in the field multiple times in a row. So the answer is not Steven Souza, it's not Kyle Lewis, and it's not Jared Kelnick. And all mm-hmm. those things can be right. Yep. yep. And this is why we have talked for the last couple of episodes about traits. About trade possibilities for the outfield because they they need to do something here mm-hmm. they need more probability and they need to get this scumbag off the team straight yeah up. um yeah i mean if again none of those guys are answers well today they're trying adam frazier out in right field uh toro's playing second um frazier's okay out there uh he's certainly not going to be significantly worse than souza and even if he doesn't catch that ball last night you know what he's not doing He's not diving and costing the team three runs. He's going to cost the team one run because he's going to play that ball on the bounce like you should, unless you're absolutely certain you can get there. Um, you have Dylan Moore on this roster for some reason still. Might as well use him. Um, he's at least going to hit the ball hard on occasion. Uh, you st- you have Billy Hamilton still sitting down there in AAA. Yep. You have uh, Sam Haggerty, who's working his way back right now. Again, you're, if you're not going to go out and get a trade guy, which you should um, – then it just doesn't matter because Souza is not so much better than any of those guys we just named that <clears throat> you just can't afford to be without him. He's not. Uh, but yeah, it would be great if Lewis could be the answer. It'd be a very easy and simple uh, uh, swap. He's not. You cannot rely on Kyle Lewis to play in the field once a week, let alone two or three times a week. So, um, you know, it's it's nice that Lewis is in the lineup back-to-back days, a, a day game after a night game too. That's, that's a good sign, but both have been at DH. And yeah, I they believe he's played one game in the field. It's just it's not an option right now. So um, no. doesn't matter who it is. It just it shouldn't be Souza. Uh, the guy just hasn't produced, and, and now we he had a rough night off the field, and, and some of that is his own fault. Some of it may have been accidental, but, again, you just kind of add the preponderance of the evidence together, and you kind of look at it and you go, you know, Souza's probably not a fit. For, for yeah, Seattle, on the field, America. off the field, uh, his inappropriate yeah. comments, his uh, you know, his poor play on the field is just it, none mm-hmm. of it is good. There is no benefit of having Steven Souza on the Mariners anymore, um, and mm-hmm. arguably there there never was right. Um, yeah, not to mention the dude hasn't been good since 2017. Well, that yeah, that's exactly the point, right? Like. Even let's let's put all our feelings aside about the tweet, right? Like the guy just straight up just isn't a good baseball player. Like he's not. He's, he's, he's not doesn't a help you. 
He yeah. doesn't help you. If this was 2017, maybe. But this isn't 2017. This is 2022. Five years have passed. Half decade. It. He's not good anymore. He's he's bad. Uh, he's a bad outfielder defensively. And uh, clearly, as we all saw last night, he can't come through offensively either. Um, he had a single when it didn't matter. Right? And it was a... Ooh, knocked the crap yeah. out of it, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. that bats so, are poor. It just... Yeah. He's, he brings nothing to the table. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. And he's, he's a distraction now. Yeah. And it just, it, it doesn't matter that he's from Washington. I do not care. I could not care less. Uh, there is no, there is nothing about Steven Souza that is um, worthy of being a Seattle Mariner. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Thanks, and I, uh, you know, I just want to reiterate I'm, I'm disappointed in the organization for not saying anything. Yeah, um, and I'm disappointed in the Seattle media for not asking Scott about. It. Now maybe they've asked behind the scenes, um, so I don't want to sit here and say that they don't care. Um, but I don't. A, I don't believe that none of them saw it, uh, and B, I don't believe that any of them thought that it would be inappropriate to ask. Uh, that's your job to ask tough questions, and they didn't. And they kind of gave the Mariners a free pass. And Souza Jr. still on the team today. Uh, I don't. I don't care if that's because, well, you know, we're going to cut him tomorrow when we're when we're out of Toronto and we can get some of our guys back. I don't care. Don't care. Play with twenty four guys. Get the dude off the team. Uh, he's not worthy to be a Seattle Mariner, so I don't want him around. And uh, it's it's disappointing that the Mariners are basically trying to ignore this, or their their silence speaks volumes. Let's just put it that way. And. The press corps that is in Toronto, it's it's not a good look for them either. But again, I don't know what they ask behind the scenes. I don't know if they're working on it, you know, for a bigger story or whatever. I, I don't know. But nobody asked last night that I heard, so that's that's disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really disappointing. Um, I know if uh, you know a certain major league ball club had uh, credentialed me for this particular event, like I <laughs> thought was going to happen, I would have asked about it. Um, absolutely, you know, but, um, by the way, it the is ball what it, club, the ball club is not the Mariners that you're referring to. No, that is not the, uh, <laughs> that is not the ball club. Yeah. No. Uh, for those that don't know, credentials are based on the stadium, uh, not the, uh, not the organization that you're looking to cover. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's, <clears throat> It's a really disheartening situation, and it just adds more uh, to the disappointment of the start of the season in general. Uh, yeah. It's just it, it's taken a lot out of me uh, this this season. It's <laughs> taken a lot of the uh, uh, just the the hope that I had for this team, the love that I I you know, and I still love this team dearly. But like this um, this particular group right now is just it's it's frustrating. They're frustrating from top to bottom right now. Um, and I do still believe in in general from a, just a, a pure uh, success standpoint that they are going to get things back on track here. Um, you know, they were in a pretty similar situation to this last May, uh, and they were able to bounce back from that. So. It's um, just another annoying thing that you have to deal with. Yeah, it's just another <clears throat> annoying thing. It's just another disheartening thing. It's just, it's more, um, <laughs> it's more fuel to the uh, depression <laughs> that has been caused by this team thus far through the first six or so weeks of the season. But uh, hoping <laughs> things get back on track. Um, let's uh, let's lighten the mood here, though, uh, and uh, talk about 
a trade that will almost certainly never happen for the Mariners, but why not? Let's let's dare to dream a little bit. We're going to be talking about Juan Soto in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they will be there tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com and make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. All Built puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So try some of the birthday cake puffs now at built.com use promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15% off your order again that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com so earlier this morning buster Olney of espn kind of set the baseball uh twitter on uh, on fire a little bit with the uh, with a report saying that Juan Soto might be on the move this summer. The Nationals might actually be interested in trading away one of the best players in all of baseball right now. And, of course, they, they kind of did that last year as well with Trey Turner and, uh, and Max Scherzer. Uh, they clearly have no intentions of winning now or anytime soon. And uh, they did, of course, you know, make a contract extension offer to Soto this, uh, this offseason that he declined. Uh, he's betting on himself that he's going to be able to earn more money than he was offered. And frankly, I don't blame him for that. He probably will <laughs> if he continues to play the, the way that he has. Um, but if he does get moved, let's not beat around the bush here. Um, we're not going to just list a bunch of names that we would trade for Juan Soto, who's not Julio Rodriguez. Because I think you and I both agree that we would not trade Julio Rodriguez in a deal for Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. So... Let me ask you this. Could the Mariners actually get Juan Soto without including Julio Rodriguez in a package? Uh, <clears throat> in theory, yes. Okay. In practicality, no. Um, it's kind of tough. Soto is, is presumably, if they trade him in July, he's going to have, I think, two and a half years of club control left. Yes. <clears throat> so... It's going to be expensive, very expensive. Um, and the Mariners are, or the Nationals are going to cash in. They're not going to trade, uh, you know, arguably the best hitter in baseball for chump change. I mean, it, it's it's probably going to cost you two elite minor leaguers and maybe even a young major leaguer. Um, so, I mean, like, you, we could talk about would you trade Noel V. Marte and either Logan Gilbert or and George Kirby, or, sorry, Marte, either Gilbert or Kirby, and Kelnick and uh, Brash. Like, that's probably what it would take. Mm. Is that worth it for Seattle? I mean, Soto's really good. <clears throat> but for two and a half years, you just gave up six years of Marte. Let's say it's Kirby. Six years of Kirby, five years of Kelnick, and six years of Brash. So you just gave up 23 years of, you know, a guy who is right now or at least a number four starter, at least an everyday infielder, 
um, a former top prospect who was only 400 at bats into his big league career and an insanely uh, a guy, a pitcher with insane stuff who you know is is basically major league ready like that's a lot you're giving up quite a bit and now you have to go out and replace each of those guys um, mm-hmm. for the Juan Soto trade to make sense and now we also have to assume that you're not signing Juan Soto to an extension. Right. I mean, it, it's that doesn't it, play into it, the equation at all. No, what not whatsoever. And and even if that was something you were interested in, it's four hundred million dollars. That's the starting point, at least. Um, he's only twenty three, twenty four years old right now. So um, yeah, because what was the deal that he declined? It was like three fifty. I think it was ten and three fifty. So yeah. um, look, I I would be thrilled. To have Juan Soto, I think the cost it would take for the Mariners to acquire him would outweigh the benefit of actually trading for him. And mm-hmm. I know that's kind of a weird thing to say. We're talking about, like I said, literally probably the best hitter in Major League Baseball, probably the best pure hitter in the league. And he's in his prime still, or you know, it's possible he's even entered his prime. He's he's literally twinkled. He's two years older than Julio baseball. And he has been for four years, parts of five years now. Like it's, it's, it's insane. I don't think it's worth it to the Mariners um, because they have to replace all those other guys and their farm system. while very good. And maybe the best in baseball isn't deep enough to absorb that hit because how are you, how are you going to re- like Marte? Fine. Whatever. If you want to trade Marte, fine. He's not going to be in the big leagues. For a couple of years, but because of that, you're going to have to give up Gilbert or Kirby. That is a cheap mid-rotation starter who has upside to be a number one. You're going to have to give up Kelnick, who still has the upside to be an all-star. And you're going to have to give up an interesting piece like Matt Brash for two and a half years of Soto. I, I think you're. I think that's that. I think you're cramming your entire window into the last two and a half years of Juan Soto. And if you do that type of trade, you're probably going to have to eliminate this the rest of this year as one of those windows because now you have to go out and you have to trade for a pitcher better than Logan Gilbert, right? Like, it's just, I don't see it. I, I, I think, I just don't think it's going to be a fit for Seattle. Um, the counterpoint, not, counterpoint, okay. it's, it's Juan Soto. <laughs> I mean, it is Juan Soto. <laughs> Very good at baseball. But as we have yeah. seen with the Nationals, he cannot carry a team by himself. No, no. No one can, obviously. But like you make that move, and to your point, you're gonna still have to fill other needs. Yes, you're gonna have Juan Soto. That's great. You're gonna have Jesse Winker. That's great. You're gonna have Ty France. You're gonna have Julio Rodriguez, etc. That's all great. But you still have holes in this team, especially if you trade Kirby and Kelnick eventually. And, you know, well, I mean, the Kelnick part is fine because, I mean, in a way, you're kind of replacing Kelnick with Soto in this situation. But on top of that, you're also giving away Noel V. Marte. It's a big trade ship that could help mm-hmm. you fill other needs. Um, George Kirby, who, you know, could be a big part of your rotation or be a big trade ship for filling one of your other needs and then Matt Brash, you know, et cetera, whoever it is, right. Uh, Harry Ford, Emerson Hancock, doesn't matter. 
all these guys, these are massive trade chips that now you're going to be losing to fill, you know, that could help you fill other needs. I just don't know if the Mariners, the way that the Mariners are going to be good eventually, the, the way that if the Mariners ever get to a point where they're actually contained for a World Series within the next two, three, four years, they're not going to be doing it by acquiring one big superstar. They're yeah. going to have to do it the route that they've kind of <clears> done it now, where they're getting really good players who you've really never heard of. You know, uh, the guys like Ty France and J.P. Crawford and Jesse Winker, who are very good baseball players, but the national you know spotlight doesn't really shine on. Um, that's how the Mariners are going to have to make this work. And yeah, there, there's going to be some recognizable names that they acquire along the way, but there's, I don't think that they're ever going to land that big fish, that big superstar, because I, especially I, via trade, because it's just going to be so constricting of your farm system right now, especially as the farm system gets weaker as guys graduate and everything. It's just, uh, by the way, Julio Rodriguez graduated yesterday for mm-hmm. prospect status he is no longer a prospect um but yeah this it's just you're taking more bullets away in one swing and it's not going to fix the problem it's going to fix a problem a major problem in a big way too but it's not going to fix everything for you you're still in a pretty big hole there no i mean i i think honestly like and again i'm guessing at the package for all we know the the nationals are like oh yeah we want kirby and gilbert you could keep Noah V. Marte. We want the two pitchers. Sure. I mean, that's no. Yeah. Because what are, what if you trade those two guys, are you even winning more games this year was than you would without Soto? I don't think so. Uh Soto's gonna be a six, seven, eight win player. Gilbert's probably gonna be four. Kirby's probably gonna be two. So maybe you win two extra games on paper. Except now those two pitcher spots are filled by who? Justice Sheffield and Matt Prash. It's it's a wash. I mean, at best. So yeah, you would need to get like sense. a yeah, you would need to get like a pitcher back from the from the Nationals, but they don't really have pitching to right. offer. So it's like Joe Ross, just, really? You want to take on the contract fit. of Patrick Corbin? Like no, yeah, yeah, it just it just doesn't fit. It's it's not going to be a fit. Um, I think when you look at kind of like you mentioned the superstars, um, I think the Mar- the superstars the Mariners are going to go after are going to be. The Trevor Stories, the Marcus Simeons, the Kevin Gossman, the Robbie Rays, the guys mm-hmm. that we knew that they were attached to this winter, and they did try to go get some of them, uh, actually did land Ray. That's the caliber of player they're going to spend money on. Yeah. Those guys and also guys who they grow, like Julio, is yeah. probably, if any Mariner in the next decade gets $200 million, it's probably going to be Julio. Or if any baseball player, I should say, if any baseball player gets a $200 million check theoretically from the Seattle Mariners, it's probably going to be Julio Rodriguez. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't see it being anybody else outside the org, nobody in it right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, you're, you're kind of like in theory, you're trading, you know, $20 for one, you're trading four $10 bills for one, uh, you know, Twenty dollar bill. In a, like I mean, if like, they're if they're if they're getting to a point where they're in a p- spot to compete for a World Series and they're doing it kind of on the cheap, but they have room to wiggle where they're they're willing to add payroll, uh, and they should be willing to add payroll at that point. If you know, mm-hmm. if we're saying it, like in this example, maybe they're at one hundred and ten, hundred 
120, 130 million dollars, whereas you know they have been at 160, 170. You know, maybe they do go after one of the big names in free agency at that point and make a splash like that. But right now, I just don't foresee that um, because also when it comes to free agency, you know, both sides have to have to uh, come together here. It, you know, it takes two to tango, and um, you know we learned that the hard way with uh, quite a few names this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, feel like if, if Juan Soto is going to get traded, it's going to be to like the Dodgers. Like, yeah, it's going to be to a, to a, a team that thinks they can win the world series this year and next year um, and the year after. And to me, that's the Dodgers. Um, Padres. And I maybe, but the Padres system, do they have enough to go mm. get him? That's the other yeah, thing too. It's like, not. yeah, probably not. The, the Padres system is overrated kind of start looking around okay where are the teams that have the farm system the money and the the timeline that fits what we're looking at here and it's the dodgers maybe the yankees yeah like the mariners have two of the three right they have they have the farm system and they have the money money for it but they don't the timeline just isn't there yeah yeah like if this was next year maybe or the year mm-hmm. after that, and, and there was two and a half years of Juan Soto out there to acquire, I'd be like, okay, that's probably more within their wheelhouse. But right now, it's just where they are. It's just, hmm, I don't know. It's 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 difficult, too, because it's like you go into next offseason with Juan Soto, just for example. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe you get more aggressive in the free agent market. Maybe go after some bigger names, et cetera. But it's also like, who are those bigger names? The free right. agent market isn't going to be fantastic this offseason right and you you probably have to because you have to maximize those final two years because you cannot assume that juan soto is going to sign an extension with you and at that point as well considering that you fired uh some of your best bullets in a soto trade you're probably gonna have to go in free agency yeah you're gonna have to spend right and we know how risky it is um and again just i know we gotta go so i just want to reiterate this i know there's some people out there who are it's only money it's only money it's only money that's great. And we lived in a world where uh, owners cared and spent as much as they could on their baseball teams. I'd be right there with you. We don't. We have to work in, in the reality that we live in. And the reality that we live in is that Jerry DePoto has a budget. And it's not as high as we want it to be. Um, yeah. It probably never will. Even if they spend $180 million, we're going to complain that they didn't spend 200 because John Stanton can afford to. Right? But we have to we have to work in reality here. Um, we want to complain that owners don't spend enough money. That's fine, but that's a completely separate uh, conversation when we talk about the Mariners acquiring these these big name players, or in the future when we talk about you know Trey Turner. We love Trey Turner. I'd give him three hundred million dollars. The Mariners aren't going to give him three hundred million dollars. Um, it's just they're not going to be that team, and it's it can be frustrating at times. But that's the reality yeah. we live in, and. That's the reality we're going to continue to pursue here on uh, Locked On Mariners. Yeah, and, and maybe they surprise us this offseason. You never know. I would like for them to Possibly. surprise us. But um, but yeah, right now, just going off the signs, just going off of everything, uh, just the way that they've operated, the way that Jerry DePoto has handled himself pretty much wherever he's gone. Because uh, in, you know, in Anaheim, that's Artie Moreno. That's not Jerry, who uh, gave yeah. Albert Pujols and all those guys all that money. Um, you know, so... 
Uh, just going off of that, just going off of uh, how Jerry approaches things, uh, typically, I just, I don't foresee a, a Soto trade. I don't yeah. foresee, um, you know, any sort of big name coming to Seattle in that way. And that's not necessarily an indictment on the way that they do things. Because you can, I mean, we've seen it with teams like the Rays. You can win baseball games without having a superstar. You know, you can go deep into the postseason without having like that big superstar name on your team. Um, it's possible. It's just a more difficult way to do it. Yeah, the Braves won the World Series last year without their superstar. Yeah, without Acuna. Obviously, they still have Freddie Freeman and guys like that, but yeah. Yeah, but they've lost a superstar and yeah. they won the World Series. Um, yeah, and it just, it's, it's just one of those things. There are a lot of ways to, to win consistently, um, and the Rays do it. You know, the, the White Sox do it. Do they have a superstar right now? I would say no. They have a bunch of really good players, though, and uh, yeah. that's how they make it work. So, uh, yeah. superstar is a, a term, anyways. Like we don't know what the definition of it is. Uh, make up your own. But yeah, just having a good roster, top to bottom. The San Francisco Giants do this every, yeah. you know, every year. It seems like they're World yeah. Series contenders and their best players, Brandon Belt. Yeah, well, and the, and the Giants are, are especially interesting too because they do spend money. I mean, mm-hmm. They they are willing to spend money and and they're kind of a similar team to the Mariners in that sense, right? right? Slight, so slightly bigger uh, market, so they can they can pay a little more. But yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason the Mariners can't be the American League version of the Giants. It, yeah. there, there's none. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked On MLB podcast. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's president pass. It's free wherever you get your podcast just like us so have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we will see you tomorrow peace